Mosnak plays it in the header. Score! Mopsician! Cante tocando la pelota para Jura Mopsician. Jura trata de acomodarse, pisa el balón, le pega de zurdo! ¡Qué goloso! Lifts this ahead. Mopsician! Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Football Genshon. I am Autumn and I am joined here by Anmen and Chadens. And today we are going to be discussing the ins and outs of Armenian football as usual. And we're going to start off this episode, kick things off, uh, for lack of a better phrase, pun intended, uh, with the news that Armenia national team striker Yuro Movsisyan has announced his official retirement from football. What a life, what a story, what a career. Uh, and we're just going to be talking a little bit about Yura and his journey and, you know, the the grounds that he broke for Armenian football. So Yura is a cup winner, MLS cup winner with Real Salt Lake in 2009 in the MLS. Uh, he was the first, you know, Armenian person we saw holding an Armenian flag with with an actual trophy, you know, in front of it. And he also was another cup winner later in his career in 2018 with Your Garden in Sweden during a small loan. Uh, he was the top scorer uh, for the uh, RPL in 2012 and 2013 during his spell at Spartak Moscow. And he's the second top goal scorer in the Armenian national team with 14 goals in 38 games, second only to Henrik Mkhitaryan, who has... Uh, exponential more number of games, but we'll get into that a little deeper later. And he's the only player in Armenian national team history to score a poker in an official game in the November 2018 6-2 win over Gibraltar uh, in the UEFA Nations League. Yuromov Sesyan scored four goals. Now, I'm... I have like a little bit more of a connection to Yura than a lot of people do. We come from the same town uh pasadena california he went to you know he's a pasadena city college player that's where he you know (laughs) yeah practically like i've i've drive i've driven past that guy's family home a million times i know his brother (laughs) his younger brother uh well we were friends in high school and so i he was a person that i remember looking at a lot and a and a person that i remember being one of the major reasons why I started to not only become a football fan, but begin to religiously follow the Armenian national team. So to me, he's a person that's very important, and I'm very glad to see the successes that he reached in his career, and I'm hoping he reaches just as many successes beyond his career. Uh, Yura became a champion in 2009, MLS uh, in America early in his career, and then he moved to Denmark, uh, which is the team Randers. There he had the goal coefficient of 0.30, so that means one goal every three games guaranteed. And he met this 15-year-old Randers Academy talent who he gave a signed jersey, and that kid's name was Edgar Babayan. Um, maybe reminiscing that moment may give our current national team young strikers some extra motivation to go for that move he's been needing lately, as we've been mentioning a lot on yes. our episodes. Please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then until to this day, we, we all of us, idolize Yura, which is obvious. Uh, and then he moved to Armenia, uh, Armenian, Armenian team, uh, Armenian-owned team, Krasnodar, which is uh, uh, the city... Uh, with the most influential Armenian communities in the world, in Russia. Uh, and that's where he started to reach his peak. And then between Krasnodar and Spartak Moscow, uh, where it was in 2011 until 2016, so between five years, he played 112 RPL games, which he scored 48 goals, which is actually a big thing, a big achievement. And then he became the top goal scorer. And he had a 43% goal coefficient. Uh, not goals plus assists, but only goals. No assists, just goals. That's massive, if you ask me. 
and if you uh, that's uh, going on to that point a little more if you add his assists which we don't have the number in front of us right now that you know his goal coefficient or goal contribution goes up even higher because yeah. he didn't only score goals he assisted a lot of goals also mind you he's yeah. a striker and he's a striker yeah who are supposed to be selfish you know in front yeah. of i mean those numbers are crazy seriously uh, i remember that national team attack when he was starting to shine at uh, Randers, he got the move to Krasnodar. As I think it was as soon as he joined Krasnodar that he joined the Armenian national team mm-hmm. in, uh, 12, in 2011. 2012 was our Armenian national team best season. And uh, Mkhitaryan was already shining in uh, Shakhtar. He became record breaker. Uh, earned his move to uh, Borussia Dortmund in 20 in yeah 2013, and by 2015 he moved. Uh, he was already in his third season in Borussia, and that attack was crazy for the national team. Mkhitaryan actually set sights on a very young and talented Armenian national team, where Yura's individual feats actually in Russia got him offers from. Europe, like even better teams, like legit giants, like Tottenham, uh, Wolfsburg, Hamburg, like repeatedly, not just once. Hamburg and Wolfsburg went after Euro a couple times, and uh, he always turned them down. Actually, Arsenal and Italian Sampdoria from Genoa City also specifically asked about Euro as well. And he turned them down as well. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly don't know why. I think he like uh, he stated that he felt at home at Spartak. I can see why. I mean, Nikita Simonian being Spartak top goal scorer of all time. Um, there were Armenians all over the Spartak Moscow uh, board. The 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 head physician, the head doctor was Armenian. Uh, like, I can understand that, but he actually, he even had a teammate in his close friend, Arasos Bilis, but after two years of playing together, both him and Aras, uh, in 2016, both of them uh, had to leave the Russian Giants, and after that, didn't join forces ever again, sadly, it was a mm. sight for all of us. It was very beautiful to see them together at club stage. And for both of them, it just went downhill, right? Uh, 2016 to 2018, two years when he returned to RSL in the MLS, most Armenian franchise in the MLS, as I like to call them. Um, he actually didn't have that bad of a record in on his second spell at MLS, at RSL more precisely. He played 47 goals, uh, 47 games, and scored 16 goals, which is overall like Better once again. Than most. Yeah. yeah, that that's once again one goal in every three games. Like that's pretty solid, even for a it striker. Is. It's consistent. Yeah, it's consistent. Yeah, uh, like he never really, he never re- really played worse than that. That good was his. Like he's uh, lowest. He was at least good and sometimes even great for like those five years in Russia. So, yeah, speaking about those five years in Russia, his MLS numbers in his second spell were solid, but not as good as that. And uh, on top of that, like when he returned to the MLS, he was starting to pick up those injuries. And, you know, we don't want to go with the whole national team scandal situation with the former uh, federation board, the fighting. Uh, it was not a good not a good time for the Armenian national team overall, and it affected Euro's game as well. So, uh, yeah, he his level, like, dropped over those two years back in... In the MLS, he tried to make his comeback in Sweden when he went on loan to Jurgarden. I pronounced it right. I hope my Scandinavian <laughs> friends forgive me. Um, so yeah, on those six months, he didn't really make a bigger of an impact. 
on the pitch. He mostly played cup ties and uh, only four league games in six months. It's nothing. But those cup ties he played were enough for him to win the Swedish Cup as a lone knee, as we were talking about earlier. This was 2018. So, yeah, he didn't... He made an impact, but not as big as he would during his peak. So his comp- he had to go back to the MLS after his loan, but that wasn't all that good either. He went to Chicago Fire, uh, and you know after the whole David Darshagian fiasco, we don't want to get into that either, <laughs> but we sort of are. And he didn't make an impact in the Windy City franchise either. So I guess he just he just went downhill. Yeah, his retirement from professional football it was very gradual and almost unnoticeable and yeah. at a very young age. For example, his last game was for Armenia uh, and it was a 2-2 draw with Liechtenstein and he was 30 years old at the time how and that was we, in 2018. How could so, we draw that game? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think those are those are solid years we should just never never talk about honestly. There are just some some years you just don't talk about. Um, but good one. But that's one thing I I know all of us were kind of sitting and waiting and thinking, okay, like this guy just scored four goals in one game. Someone sign him, you know? He's a free agent. Yeah. He got called up yeah, to the that national. That always happens. He got called up at, to the national team as a free agent, which is that like crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah. His poker was as a free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you think someone would have signed him, but it kind of went quiet, and and then at the age of 33, he just kind of made the announcement official. Well, we we expected him to go out with the bank, just you know, like his entire career, he was always scoring goals. Um, but. At the end of the day, you know, unfortunately, his career came to an end in not the best way possible. But what we do remember Euro for is all of the great goals and like joy that he's given us during his time as the striker for the Armenian national team. We could talk about uh, his performance at Slovakia at home. We could talk about his brace at Denmark. We can talk about that last minute chip winner uh against bulgaria we could talk about that insane goal he scored in the opening few minutes against italy or the four goals he scored against gibraltar so yura has definitely given armenia a lot of things to be excited about and he is part of this armenian team that we like look at and think at some some may say okay that was the that was the peak of Armenian football at that time we were ranked 33rd in the world which is you know crazy now when we kind of keep bouncing around in the hundreds area but these may have perhaps been the only memorable moments of his career for us but there's years and years of hard work behind it countless amount of goals and the hustle that he's pulled in and the many smiles he's given us so we just wanted to dedicate this section of the show to thank yura for all of the memories and give him our best wishes for the future off the pitch he's definitely in our books one of the best if not just the best armenian striker of all time uh we'll miss definitely. screaming like crazy when he scores goals for us uh but for us, he's left a huge mark on Armenian football, and we are forever thankful for him. Thank you, Yura. Enjoy retirement. I heard it's fun. <laughs> so, Legend. We're going to move from one Swedish Cup winner to another Swedish Cup winner. Armin, we got some news. Wow, Adam. What a ride. You almost made, him, made me emotional. Now you made me laugh. But, yeah, we got to move on. <laughs> Uh, and how do we move on? Like to another cup winner in Sweden, Andre Chalisher, right? I like that pronunciation. He would be happy with the pronunciation. He spent three years at uh, Swedish Giants Göteborg. Also, shout out my Scandinavian friends again. He <laughs> he made his Armenian national team debut, Andre, uh, almost simultaneously as he joined Göteborg. In 2018, uh, actually only four months, I believe, after moving 
to the Swedish Giants. There, at his new club, I mean, he played 81 games in three years, scored two goals, which is solid, which is good for a center back, and uh, got 22 clean sheets, which is actually the more important uh, index to take into yeah. account. Core it's basically, obviously. yeah, exactly. It's basically one overall in three years, one clean sheet per four games. Not a great uh, record for a decreasing, like kind of sleeping giant that has been Gotteborg lately. But that number, that proportion changes. If you consider the clean sheet proportion or percentage per year, per season. So on his, on his first season, Andre got uh, five clean sheets in 27 games, which is the lowest of his uh, clean sheet proportion all over, all, overall in, uh, in Göteborg. 18% of clean sheets, which is low. Uh, that number critically improves on his sophomore season. To 10 clean sheets in 30 games, like uh, round one clean sheet every three games which now is solid, and 29% uh, amidst the COVID pandemic of a clean sheet record in his, on his last season in Göteborg. But the thing is interesting. He became the team captain in that third, uh, the third season. So as the stats show, dear ladies and gentlemen, his debut season at Göteborg was hard we could say it was hard but he definitely settled in during his sophomore year in 2019 and uh, for the third year he actually had the ground set by himself to shine and became and become the team captain uh on his last year then becoming the team captain he's made a wonderful job he did a wonderful job and actually led his team into their first trophy in five years. And furthermore, this is individual achievement, he became 2020 MVP in Sweden. That's great. Like the same league where people like Slatan Ibrahimovic or Larsson became uh, MVPs. Yeah, <laughs> think the about that. Of the game. Exactly. Being, being an actual uh, center back himself, Freddy Ljungberg, we could go on and on. But none of them were actually a center back. And Andre is. Gothenburg, actually, his team, as I say, they're a giant. They dominated the Swedish football scene between uh, 1980 and uh, the change of uh, century for 20 years. And during those 20 years, they actually even won two UEFA Europa Leagues in the 80s, more precisely. But uh, during these last 20 years, they actually struggled to get much silverware. Aside from a few cups here and there, like the one Andre led. Yeah, it wasn't much. Yeah, but he had a great, uh, he had a good year, and silverware, like, is proof of that. Mm. Uh, yeah, like it's a way of progression even, if you think about it. Yeah, and he he also had like uh, a good 2020 at national team career, like. He had a good season, and that led to his new to his move, right, Adam? Yes. So he uh, he was obviously a very integral part of our UEFA Nations League campaign, and I I think we can all agree that without the center back partnership that we have uh, b- between with him, he he's like I mean yeah a huge difference maker. Yeah, him and Vato Vazat Haroyan. Um, ages by uh, ahead of the of the substitute sadly yeah by far and which sucks but we'll uh we're hopefully (laughs) (laughs) on the hunt for some good young central defenders so he was of course very integral to our 2020 campaign um and he you know is is making this move finally out of the comfort zone of sweden where he spent a majority of his career and he's going about that he's going to uh Greece, ooh, Apollon Smyrnas, I think is how you pronounce Bitches. the name of the club. Yep, that's uh, correct. Chadens, you're the, the, the double olives. check. The, <laughs> so the olives, the, the, Uzo, correct, correct. 
so Apollon Smyrnus is a club that was founded by Greek refugees from the area around that the city, and it's now considered a Turkish domain called Smyrni or Izmir. The Light Brigade, as they are known, are not traditional powerhouses that Gothenburg are in Sweden, but they've made a few big signings, such as our very own Andre, and they're trying to keep their spot not only in the Greek Super League, but starting to make a push towards European football and adding a experienced season center back signing is going to help stop a lot of that uh, goal conceding issues that they're having. I was just looking yeah, at the it's table. the backbone of a team. Uh, yeah, I was just looking at a table and Apollon are currently 10th ten, uh, in the league, uh, but they still have one game in hand that they haven't played. And if they do win that game, they'll, they can jump up to eighth. So it's not a lost cause to get into the top half of the table for the uh, second half playoffs in the Greek Super League. And I think that's the type of push that the club is trying to make by signing Andre. So we can expect him to start almost every game. We can expect him to get a lot of playing time. Uh, and we can as expect... As long as he's not injured. Which we just found out uh, he is. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know oh the... Oh my god. We don't know... Um, we don't know the details of his injury. Uh, we will look into it. Um, hopefully it won't be for too long because we have national team games in exactly two months. So yeah. we're going to need yeah. to get... When, when do we play exactly? Uh, the 25th, I think we start. Yes, who, I think it... Who are we opening against? We are playing, I will tell you right now, Armenia versus Liechtenstein on Thursday, March 25th. So we are hoping, hoping, hoping to get him fit by then, because right after Liechtenstein, we have Iceland at home on March 28th. So he's a center back regular. Um, we need him. He started off well. Uh, he made his his debut uh, in the first leg of the club uh, cup clash with AEK. Um, they lost 2-0, but I think uh, it was his first game. He's still trying to get his feet in with the club. And as a center back, you can't. Uh, of course, a lot of goals are going to be blamed on, on the defense, but he's getting adjusted to a brand new back line and going from being a vocal leader uh, in Gutberg to, you know, not having the captain's Being a newcomer. Back. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment, but uh, hopefully he gets fit, is able to make that short uh, trip to Yerevan and help us out in March. Chadens. It's much needed. <laughs> yeah, it is. Speaking about uh, Yerevan and Armenia, we've got a, a few uh, transfers from many directions uh, coming and going. So we've got one uh, joining the Armenian Premier League, one moving between the Armenian Premier League, and one leaving the Armenian Premier League, which is interesting. So the, the oh, player who... Yep. From every single direction, we've got a player... Um, <laughs> So the the first player which we're going to discuss is Yurchenko going to Alashgerd. 34-year-old goalie, good or bad uh, going to Alashgerd. Mm. What do you guys think? Armen? Good or bad? Good or bad? I can tell you it's big. <laughs> and I guess it depends. Like... Uh, the perspective on whether it was a good move or a bad move really d depends on which perspective you're taking. If we're talking about the Armenian Premier League and Alashkert in particular, it's going to be a good move. Like, uh, I'm almost certain that he's valued at 34 years old at uh, six, uh, 600,000 euros or something like that, which for the Armenian National uh, for the Armenian Premier League is huge. And yeah. Uh, yeah, like it's he's got his own record, which needs no introduction by now. Uh, so it's going to be a good move for the Armenian Premier League and Alaska for him. However, I don't know uh, uh, about level. I think he could have uh, performed in uh, Kazakhstan or Ukraine or something like that for another season. But I guess it's a it's interesting that he wants to give two or at least one good like top-notch season to the Armenian Premier League. And as, on top of that, he's going to be close to the Armenian national team camps. 
so he won't yeah. have to fly. Yeah. And he will meet with Caparros anytime he wants. Yeah. It's so going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I think so. I think at his age, at 34, yes, he could still probably perform one or two seasons somewhere like in the Ukraine or in Kazakhstan. But in reality, at his age, knowing that the national team is counting on him to be the starter, he just needs yeah. to stay sharp and fit. And if he can just contribute to the growth of Armenian football while doing so, I think it's a win-win. Uh, I think Alashkert are getting in a very good goalkeeper. I, I think Definitely. he's miles better than every other goalkeeper in the league, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe Ivazov eventually can be made good as him. Who knows? That's he's got to move abroad. Yeah, but he has to move, move abroad yeah. too. So. so I agree there with Armin. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, plus he's got to move. Yushchenko, uh, uh, like, let's be real. Uh, side note, Yushchenko is gonna be so pampered in Armenia. Of course, yeah. And why not? He, he just had a kid. He's married. You know, he wants. He is. I'm sure his wife's gonna want a nice, settled down place. And what better place to live than in Armenia, right? So, yeah, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna give him the full treatment. They are gonna <laughs> give him the full treatment. Polvats every day. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, the full treatment, uh, someone who hasn't necessarily gotten that but worked very hard to get to where he is today alexander karapetian we just yep. read a rumor right before right before coming on and recording uh which may or may not be confirmed by the time this episode goes out in a few days that alexander karapetian is ready to leave tombov in the russian premier league and join reigning champions ararat armenia chadens on men what do you guys think about this? 75% I'm down for it, but <laughs> I don't know. What's the 25%? The 25% is that, like we discussed right before going on the call, is that it yeah. might affect the national team in a way because there, won't, there wouldn't be growth. But yeah. if you think about it, he's he's kind of grown, I guess. He exactly. can be something Not similar young. to Yurchenko. Yeah. 33, just turned like he would, 33. You know, idolize it. Yeah, he would. Ah. He would kind of be like uh, Yurchenko in a way. Like I, like the young players would idolize him in I, a way. I think. I think he's the type of player that he doesn't need to be in a good league to be scoring for the national team. I think exactly. He, he's a big time form player. If his form is good, does not matter what shirt he has on, he's gonna score. So for us, if he's scoring easier goals in Armenia, his you know his yeah uh, he's gonna be confident exactly and which Plus, for us great actually if you guys remember uh his first few times not the like not his very uh first uh summon to the national team but the second when he actually shared teams with Yura on that uh poker day for uh, we were talking for Yura against gibraltar that year like two years ago he was uh starting to shine and make his way to the Russian Premier League from Luxembourg. Like his uh, first insane spell of goals for the Armenian national team, he started off playing in Luxembourg at the time. Yeah, and that's where Small that's country. how. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's how we ended up moving and, and kind of getting notoriety uh, because we know Russia loves to to have, get Armenian players. You get them on. And the it's cheap. easier access if you think about it. Yeah. 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 So. I think, um, well, also another aspect of this move that we haven't discussed yet is how Adada Armenia is really pushing to be the first Armenian club in European football. They've gotten close twice, uh, lost in the playoffs twice. And mm. with and, and I think one thing that they are missing with their new manager, um, Campania? <laughs> Campania. Yeah, with Campania is... The forbidden um, name. A, a, they they were missing a consistent goal scorer. So I think if they bring someone like Karapetian and they have another run, which honestly, I think we're all expecting another run for Europa League. They they might win the league, so they might get a, a shot at Champions League, but that's probably not going to happen. So we could, we could potentially see Europa League action. And you know what? If Adara Armenia does manage to pull it off, we have... Uh, Alexander Karapetian, our national team striker, in the yeah. second half yeah. of World Cup qualifiers Plus, playing in the Europa League. 
I, yeah, I actually, that's why I was so down to it. Yeah. Actually, if you think about it, with Karapetian, they would be getting on top of everything a captain, a leader, like a natural-born leader, and with sense of identity. That's one of the key things that Ararat uh, Armenia and most Armenian clubs lack. Yeah. An Armenian leader. Like maybe maybe he'll actually learn Armenian too. I don't have to keep watching interviews in Russian. <laughs> he, with can, he will, he you will, know, but, but you know, he, <laughs> he has the sense of identity, even if he doesn't uh, know yeah. the language all that well. And he's a, uh, he's a hustler. So, and, and, and Armenia loves him. I could tell you, like I've said yeah. it before, when he scored in, that goal against <laughs> exactly. Italy in that stadium, I've never been deafened in my life by sound like that. So, we love him, and he knows that. So, welcome yeah, home. He delivers. Uh, another one, staying in the Armenian Premier League, uh, Danielian is making the latter move from Arara Armenia to Arara Yerevan. The 22-year-old defender who's shown under um, Minasian at FC Arara Armenia kind of fell out of favor with Campania with a bunch of new foreign signings. So, he's joining Arara Yerevan to kind of get his career back on track. He's still very young. He was a Armenia under 21 regular, but he is trying to make a push for the national team. What do you guys think about we this? Need that. We need that. <laughs> exactly what I was going to say. Like we were literally yeah. talking about how we need uh, someone for Andre to pass the torch mm-hmm. on in, in the near to medium future. And uh, Daniel Jan exactly. needs to get his top his things together so he can be the one that carries on the torch but don't but don't you guys think he could do better i mean we were hearing we read rumors that he was going to be uh he was ukraine was a possible destination again for him it it seems like it seems it seems like another example of um failing to take that next step because i know we know you and i armin Love this guy. We know how talented he is. And you know what? To Do be we fair, know to, who his agent is? We don't, but we'll look into that. <laughs> there it is. I think but, the key that's missing is that question. Yeah. It, well, you know what? And that's something that we've had a lot of experience with recently. <laughs> so, well, anyway, hopefully he does well. Adarat uh, Yerevan is... is top of the table currently uh their manager uh bichakchan vardan bichakchan vahan bichakchan's Vahan. father uh is killing it um i think they can oh, win the yeah. league. so with a signing like that you know again we could see him hopefully Bro, playing european Yerevan just i'm sorry i had to cut cut you off but Arat Yerevan formed kind of a like great environment and that's why I don't see the move for Danielian as a complete loss, because mm-hmm. he's going to be playing with the likes of uh, Edgar Malakian, who played not only national team for several years and abroad for several years. He Edgar Malakian actually was the one of the first uh, Armenians to play uh, UEFA Champions League, mm-hmm. and uh, with Victoria Pelsen, the Czech team. He's going to be with uh, Artak Yedigarian, who was a, a national team left back for many, many years. He's going to be with uh, Udo in the middle. He's yep. going to be with uh, Garen Hagopian, the other uh, defensive midfielder. Uh, so it's going to give him a lot of information and education like about what's coming for him should he join the national team in the near future he's he's gonna have to soak it all in yeah and and i think it's a good i think overall it is a good move because we're seeing a very armenian centric armenian driven club yeah being led to success versus you know past couple seasons with arara armenia and noah uh buying a lot of foreign talent and shunning Armenians. So, you know what? We're all for that. Yeah. You do you. We're happy. Uh, <laughs> uh, some other news. Uh, leaving the APL, third part. Artem Simonian <laughs> has made the move away from FC Noah to Tomsk, a second division hey. Russian side. Um, Chadens, Armen, Tomsk, Noah. Good move at, his, at this stage in his career. 
<laughs> it's an odd one. No, yeah, I wouldn't say no, but I'm definitely not gonna say yes. It, it feels like it's, a money. Mo- is it like a money thing? Uh, he's he's only I'm assuming it is. No, I don't think it's money. I don't think what it's, got, it it's about the money. I think it's about him uh, actually being full on board, like being uh, his close friends, Alexander Krajakov's uh, like mentee. Oh, but he's but he's 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 twenty five right now. He's been yeah. capped with the national team already ten times. He was performing well with Noah, and I think another yeah, he was a team side, leader there. Yeah, another side that we thought you know could make a a decent European push if it isn't for poor management. Honestly, he performs very well in the Armenian Premier League, but. Tomsk is a like lower half of the table possible relegation candidate mm. side, and I know if it's a it's a six month deal or is it a one year contract? I'm not. I'm uh, not. One year. One year. One year contract. So we'll. Yeah. I'm sure. It's a I'm sure it's. A, I'm sure it's a pay raise for sure, and I know you know after he was a Zenit Academy product, so I think maybe he has a little chip on his shoulder of kind of like. Wants to be able to prove he can play in Russia. Definitely. That, that like, could that could I be. I have no doubts about that. Yeah. It's gonna be about that, and not just for him. Actually, I think we're talking about Simonian because he's Armenian, right? But Simonian is Kazakov's mentee, and this move was not really about Simonian, in my opinion. So for both him, for both our Artem. And for both, uh, and, and Alexander Kajakov as well, who is, by the way, a legend in Russia. Like, we're talking about almost Andrei Arshavin levels. So, for Kajakov, it's going to be like a transition uh, place in his career. He's not going to stay in Tomsk for long. He was just given the position to start off his coaching career. And he actually asked for uh, Simonian specifically. And Simonian is a leader, so he it will basically be Alexander Kajakov on the pitch. So I almost can see them both at the end of this uh, upcoming season or whatever, whenever the contract expires. I can totally see them both in a better positioned team. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I have no doubts. But speaking of uh, Armenian talents that are in a weird place right now, we have a couple more <laughs> Armenian players in the Kazakh Premier League. You know, you know how much we love the Kazakhstan Premier League here. Uh, <laughs> being let go. So uh, this is okay. This is this is what's <laughs> tricky. You can continue. So, so we have a it's young, a we have a young good playmaker in Petro Sabatisian. He was very integral in Arada Armenia's uh, initial run towards the UEFA Europa League, where they lost in yeah. the the playoffs on penalties. He makes the move to Kazakhstan. We have left back Arman Hovanesian makes the move to Kazakhstan. We have a lot of players that seem to make that jump. Um, it's not that big of a jump, but it is a jump. Kazakhstan does pay yeah. substantially higher than Armenia does. And it's it's a trampoline. It's a transition. It is. And but sometimes the, the trampoline breaks. Yeah. And that seems <laughs> to be what happened here. Because Aman Hovanesian and Petros Avetisan are both out of contract. Their clubs uh Tobol decided to not extend their deals despite having okay stats. And uh, in my opinion, looking at the statistics, maybe not enough chances. So Definitely. I don't Definitely. know yeah. what uh, consider like it, it, on top of that, like there are especially few chances if you consider Arman Oganesian actually throughout this season playing in Kazakhstan, like I'm sorry, being benched in Kazakhstan, <laughs> he actually became national team starter and the Caparros' favorite. Mm-hmm. Like Cap- we we have seen Caparros and talking a little bit a little bit of about what's to come because in two months from now we have the where the, the, the group stage for the national team. Yeah. Caparros has did repeatedly lately uh, talked about how Serop uh, Gregorian 
is uh, kind of like his talisman for the future. Uh, a future great left back for Armenia to, to take care of and uh, try to pamper. But he found not in setup, but actually in Arman Hovannesian, his current starter. Yeah. And like, how could, even if Tobol is not a bad team in itself, they're, they always push for European playoff style, uh, spots. But even then, we are the Armenian national team and Arman is our starter, our starting left back. Like, for now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, but he's good enough. As long as he finds a team quickly, he's going to yeah. stay. But I think, but I think another person you can throw into that is Hakob Hakobian. I think he can. I think he might surprise us all because Urardu yeah. is doing really well right now. Hopefully and, not. Hopefully not with a move to Kazakhstan. Yeah, hopefully not with a move to Kazakhstan. But uh, there is some good news for Armenians in Kazakhstan. Uh, <laughs> we have two more Armenians in the Kazakh Premier League. A Tryu, who won the second division and got promoted into the Kazakh Premier League, is coached by an Armenian, Adam Voskanian. And is led by their captain and playmaker, Artak Dashian, uh, who I believe he had a few national team caps in his time. Yeah, uh, yes. Great. That's good to see. I don't think it's necessarily going to make any impact on the national team uh, no. at <laughs> all. But it, it, it's uh, some it's positive good. news. It balances yeah. it out. We have some negatives in it, Kazakhstan, positives in Kazakhstan. It, it shows depth. It shows depth, like uh, the fact that we're going to have another playmaker, another like offensive midfielder uh, playing pretty good football. Uh, and he won't even be considered. Yeah, yeah he, not, not just called up. He won't even be considered because we have in even in Pedro Savedician, a more uh, interesting uh, alternative. Uh, but but it's a good sign that we have so much to offer. Yeah, and uh, other than that, there isn't any other big names in consideration Ooh. for transfers. Some players we, we some players offers. we were thinking about uh, who we would want to see move: uh, Tigran Barcelon, we Kadimian, who is still a free agent, hasn't hasn't signed with a club yet. We know there was interest in several leagues. I'm sure in the next week or so we'll. He'll finally make a decision and get off Instagram. And then we have Balakian, who, interestingly enough, we read a rumor that he, what was it, River Plate are interested yeah. in Balakian services? Armin, uh, Armin, tell us more about that. The Buenos Aires Giants. Yeah, yeah. The, the Argentinian Giants, actually. Uh, River Plate are interested in uh, Norberto Briasco Balakian, our own uh, Buenos Aires born and raised uh, striker. Uh, coach Marcelo Gallardo, who's uh, one of the best coaches in, in all of South America and soon to make a move himself for a coaching career in Europe, personally has been asking about him. And uh, also Feyenoord were in, like, uh, in the environment asking about uh, Briasco as well. So... Uh, I I I hope I, I don't know I I don't want him to stay in in South America I want him to go to Europe honestly and uh, about the other two players Kalimian and, and Tico anything can happen for them too like uh, I don't know I don't know I I I honestly want them making good moves soon oh and Babayan too how could we forget about Babayan even if Babayan is actually currently injured, we have we were talking about depth, and there we we have four offensive uh, midfielders that are really really talented, and all four of them are calling for a move that doesn't happen. What will happen to Tico, Kadimian, Balekian, and Babayan? I don't know, but in the meantime, we do have some players. And most importantly, most of them actually offensive midfielders that are getting uh, regular playtime and delivering in their respective leagues, much like our very own Henrik Mkhitaryan that 
we love so much, even if he doesn't necessarily perform all the time for the Armenian national team, but that's another deal. Uh, we have Vahan Bichakcian delivering Slovakia. We have uh, Kevor Kazarian delivering in Charence's uh, place in Cyprus. <laughs> <laughs> and also in Cyprus, we have uh, Hovo Hampartumian, Hovannes Hampartumian, who is uh, very important, from, in my opinion, for the Armenian national team, being a, a right back, which is something we don't have too much of. Yeah, he had a rocky start and at Anorthosis, but he's been starting every single game since. He didn't start today. He wasn't actually even on the team sheet, and he might have had a minor injury, but he's mm. been starting every game. And he, granted, he gets subbed off every game, but fullback is a position that you don't mind subbing off for an attacking talent or something like that. So he he's been doing really well. I mm. hope he he stays uh, like good and fit and healthy ahead of the. National team clashes. Yeah, he's he's another player that we that um, I think has improved a lot over the last year. He was a player that became I think made right back his own <clears throat> during the Nations League campaign, and that's something that that was a big question mark. I know that's something I brought up, you know, before uh, on he, the first episode. He became a leader. If yeah, you well, think about. It. Yeah, the question became, or the question rather changed from, is he good enough to be our starting right back to more of, uh, you know, the answer that yeah he is, and he he has become a leader since. So yeah, very more, happy more to, to, to the question should now be at least now, like uh, under what circumstances could or should he be replaced by the likes of Kamoho Vanessian? Uh, Why replace though? Yeah, I, he, I have another I, suggestion. Okay. Why not, as he's growing older, <laughs> why not start playing in center back and give the opportunity for the fullbacks? Yeah. He already has yeah. enough experience. We yeah, have to, he's familiar with the with the position. There's Danielian, there's Jordi Adarat, who is yeah. with FC Noah. We have fullback options. We have mm-hmm. fullback depth. So yeah, that's another there's, that's another There's a uh, Ali Karakelian as well in Punic. Yeah. There's Ali Karakelian. Because you need confident uh, players on the ball in the centre-back position, especially yes. with teams like us, which are uh, very uh, vulnerable in defence when they get yeah. the ball. So it's it's a new suggestion. Kaparos, if you're hearing this, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We, we've solved all of your problems. Uh, <laughs> some other players we can touch on. Henrik Mkhitaryan, uh, 18 games, 8 goals, 8 assists so far this season. He is, I think, fa- finally, face. finally, people are starting to realize. Oh, he is actually a good player. You know, it's, nah, it's, we knew. Oh, well, we knew. <laughs> That's that we no, knew. The other people didn't. Since his time at Borussia, everybody knew, and that's actually been kind of counterproductive, if you ask me, because once he realized he was the single best Armenian player of all times by far and the representative everywhere that, I, that he went, he started to gradually feel more and more pressure and choking and walking on the pitch and counterproductive. Yeah. It was True. counterproductive. True. Now he has he to fight for his spot. <laughs> but he, he was to... always good. Yeah, he was he was always good. Now I'm I'm glad to see that finally people know. That <laughs> another player who I um is very underserved currently. Do not Sako continue. Sako no. Sako Adamian. This guy, no. okay, he came off the bench again today for Hoffenheim in the 75th minute. That's all he's been doing ever since he recovered from COVID. Um, Underappreciated. There's nothing. I mean, I, this guy scored goals. When he cut, when he came back from his long-term injury, he scored something like four goals in three games. Still wouldn't get a start. Came to the national team, scored arguably like one of the <laughs> most the important most goals important. ever. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, nothing. in my opinion, the most important one. Yeah, that winner against Georgia. Nope. Still nothing. Yeah. I uh, pushing for a move. Is January a good time? And there's, God, no, there's a has, you know, yeah. He, like teams are interested. Everybody yeah. knows. We should, uh, should bring in Tuabo here. Yeah. They're suffering. <laughs> we need a striker. I, 
<laughs> I I want him, and I think he will stay in Bundesliga. Hopefully, in another team. Uh, we were we actually discussed his case uh, in the previous episodes a couple of times. Uh, RB Leipzig, uh, Werder Bremen, and uh, I think it was Wolfsburg were interested in him. So hopefully the move happens. But after the change in coaches uh, at uh, at Hoffenheim. It hasn't been the same. I think yeah. there's literally a smart team right next to him that did a smart move, and he's just there. the The team I'm referring to is Eintracht Frankfurt. You saw what he what they did with uh, uh, Jovetic. They just brought him on loan. Now he's scoring goals like he used to. There's Sako Adamia sitting there, who needs to score goals. No one's using him. I guess yeah. you have to find who's a smart you know, a director or manager to get him on and play him. Yeah, I I think Eintracht Frankfurt would be a good signing. I agree. I think that would be a good place for him. Hopefully um, his agent, I'm sure, has already heard a lot of complaints from him. So maybe we'll see. Maybe he'll hopefully make a move, which is sad because he also signed a a deal last year too to to continue. So Yeah, but maybe it was for for the sell to be bigger. Mm Mm-hmm. Who knows? Increases his value, of course. Well, definitely. Speaking about strikers, bringing everything back full circle. Uh, while you're at it, <laughs> tell us your favorite Euromovsesan-related moments. Uh, could be an anecdote, some time when you met him. Could be a goal. Could be a game. Um, any sort of memory, anything that involves our fantastic striker uh, who is now hanging his boots for good on his outstanding career, and he will be sorely missed uh, on the Hurazdan green. Let us know. Tweet us. Instagram. uh, Follow us if you haven't already. And this has been episode 7 of Football Gentron. Thank you for listening, guys. We hope you you, enjoyed this episode. Thank you, Yura. We will be back again uh, within the next couple weeks with an interesting debate for you guys. Grazie, maestro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening. Bye.